Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, I am not with Mark, I am not with Perrin, I'm not with traditional guests, I am with Lewis. How's it going, man? Hey man, I'm good. I'm fantastic. So, who are you? Because <laughs> like the, um, some I, people don't know, you know. Yeah, I'm a writer for Authority Hacker. I've been with you guys since I believe January. January. Yeah, January. So it's been a good six months. Yeah, but what do you do? I write review content for the blog. Yeah, basically, so do- basically we buy you tools and we're like, oh, go play with them for months. And yeah, then- pretty much. Tell us what you think and what's good and bad about them, and then you write a review, basically. Yeah. So, like, the reviews that were written this year, like, all of it on Atari Hacker was actually written by you. The reason we're doing that podcast with you today is because we have a bunch of content coming up on content builders that's been a long time coming, to be frank, and a little bit my fault. I've been taking a long time editing it. And also, it is the launch of uh, Thrive Architect, which is the successor of Thrive Content Builder, which we have been using extensively and recommending. But, you know, Stripe Content Builder was aging with quite a lot of bugs and, like, you know, incompatibilities and things that were probably not as good as they could have been now. And there's been a bunch of, like, new guys coming to the market that I would argue were definitely better than Stripe Content Builder. Now the question is, will they be able to, like, catch up with Stripe Architect? And so, like, I've been playing with Architect. I like it. There's cases where I would maybe not recommend, I would not recommend it for everything, you know, like there's some use cases that, well, I would probably recommend other builders and we'll talk about this in that podcast. But overall, I'm pretty excited about it. I've been actually uploading a lot of content in the last few days on uh, health ambition using it and it's been doing pretty well. So I think what we're going to do with that podcast is not just like make it a promo for Thrive Architect, but rather talk about the page builder market in general on WordPress. And since you've been working on this for a while, I'm just going to ask you questions that, you know, maybe people ask themselves and uh, you'll tell me how you feel about it. And then I'll, I'll give my opinion after you. Like, let's start with the really basics. Like what's a WordPress page builder for people that don't know what it is? Yeah. So essentially it's a, a design tool. And in this context, it's um, a WordPress plugin and it gives you like a visual environment to build your content freely without having to worry about, you know, complex code or WordPress restrictions. You know, like in WordPress, for example, you can't create columns, you can't create content boxes, even buttons can be difficult. So a page builder helps you get around those issues. Yeah, it's like WordPress was built as a blogging platform, right? So mm-hmm. it's great if you want to write like a blog post with a couple of photos or images. But when you want to build a full-fledged website with like a lot of interactivity, like, you know, modern days kind of like dictate, you know, Uh, it's like websites look more like apps now, you know, if you want to do that, then the WordPress editor is probably not the best, right? Yeah, I mean, it can be done, but it just requires a lot of hacking and it's it's just really not worth it at the end of the day. What's What I really like about most page builders, not all of them, and we'll go in detail through the ones we've tested a little bit later, is that you actually get to see how the page is going to look like in the end when you're editing, whereas when you edit on the WordPress editor, it definitely does not look like what the page will look like. So you kind of need that ability in your mind to project what it might look like, then like check the preview, refresh it, Code change the code, 
go back to the preview, refresh it. So there's a lot of back and forth. The thing is, like, for people that have only started building sites like a year or two ago, page builders were already around. But, you know, when I started building websites, there was no page builder. When Thrive came out, it was a game changer that it was like you're actually editing the page you're working on. There was kind of like the prehistoric page builders where essentially it was like easy shortcodes for the WordPress editor, but it was a bit of a pain in the ass. And so, yeah, that really made building websites overall much more accessible to more people and overall take less time, even though page builders come with a lot of things that are drawbacks, essentially. Yeah, Um, there are trust-offs for sure. But when you tie yourself into a tool like that, there's a bunch of questions you need to ask you know, for the future of your business because you're essentially tying yourself up to a private company that might go out of business or, or just stop development altogether. So what happens if, let's say, I pick a page builder and then the company goes out of business? Yeah, I think this is something that not a lot of people would think about. But the reality is if you pick the wrong page builder and for some reason the company shuts down or the plugin stops working, the content that you've built with that page builder, it can completely fall apart and, I mean, become unrecognizable and unreadable. In some cases, it turns into a, a complete mess of shortcodes and it's, it's definitely not something that It you really depends have. on the page builders. They're like, not all it of does. them. It's it does like, depend on the page builder. Some of them preserve the content really well and they fall back on the standard WordPress editor to try and preserve it as much as possible. And some of them do a really good job of that. Yeah, I think the best ones at that are like Elementor and now Architect is doing a pretty good job. But like if you take something like, uh, I think it's like Visual Composer. It's like it's like a, a lot of shortcodes all over your page. Yeah, and, and also Dippy. You know? Yeah. And also so like, you know, it really depends what you pick. But it's important to know that when you start investing time and effort into creating content on these page builders, you know, and knowing mm-hmm. that somewhat some of your content will be saved if this company goes out of business, which is, you know, possible, especially if you're writing, you know, evergreen content that can be like making money for you for the next 10 years. These guys are like in a technology environment. 10 years is like eternity. Whereas Mm -hmm. 10 years in the health space, for example, I mean, human bodies don't evolve that fast. So that content will still be needed in 10 years and you could still be making money out of it. So it's quite important to think about that. Another question a lot of people ask about page builders is, does it slow down websites? Again, it does depend on the builder. I mean, I'm no developer, but I know that if a page builder is poorly built, then the code that it generates is very bloaty and it will ultimately slow down the site. So what you want is a page builder that produces lean code. Which ones would, you, would be the best candidates for you in that? I would say, again, Elementor and Architect, they really do focus on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the answer to most questions, but I just want yeah, to make sure. Yeah. Like, we really like both. And Elementor has a free version as well, so I like that there is actually a free option for page builders now for people. It used to be the case where you know, you'd have to pay. It was a pay-to-play game. Now it's like Elementor free version is definitely a solid option for people. I wanted to ask as well, like another question that people will ask is, how does it work with other plugins? Let's say I want to put a gravity form on my page. Like, How does it work with page builders? Can I use shortcodes? Yeah, so in most cases, like shortcodes will render properly in the builder, but they won't be directly editable within that builder. So they're still like managed in the WordPress editor, but shortcodes in general are not usually a problem if you're using a good builder. You can still put them in there and they still function properly. Yeah, it's it's 
especially when your sites get complex and you use a lot of tools, making sure they work together. As long as they use the traditional WordPress environment and they use the, the, the traditional shortcode system, it should be fine. If it's something a little bit fancier, like has some crazy JavaScript or something, it might have issues with page builders, I would say. Yeah. And also a big question people ask is, does it affect my ability to rank on Google? Does it affect SEO in general? Yeah, I mean, again, that's something that you might not think about when you're looking for a page builder, but I would say it definitely does. As we talked about, like page speed can be an issue. If it's pumping out like really heavy code, then it's going to slow down your site. And we know that Google hates slow websites. I, I actually disagree here. It's like, okay. page speed is like a 1% of the algorithm. It's like, you know, the SEO world, it's like 30% of what they talk about. But in reality, it's like 1% or very little of the algorithm. And the truth, the proof is we have super heavy pages on health ambition and authority hacker, mostly because I've been an idiot at the beginning. I did not resize the images, etc. And still, these pages do well in search. So like, yeah. I think page speed is definitely like an overinflated topic by the SEO world over the importance it has in the actual algorithm. What I want to say is like page builders in the end, they output HTML, right? So like in a browser, you know, your WordPress install sends HTML the same way it sends HTML from the default editor. So mm-hmm. the question is, how good is that HTML code? You're relying on a page builder to build that code for you. If it's terrible code, it's full of arrows, etc., then it might affect a little bit your ability to rank. If it's clean, then it's exactly the same as if you wrote that code in the WordPress editor. So, yeah. you know, does it affect your SEO? Well, the same way as if you hire the coder to essentially code a page in the default WordPress editor. And if it's a good coder, it's going to be good. If it's a bad coder, it's going to be bad, you know. But sure, sure. A page builder itself is not necessarily the cause of, like, bad SEO, I would say. On the flip side, I would say that, you know, when you can create visually appealing content, it increases a perceived value. And um, even if that information is like mediocre, um, a solid design can make a lot of difference. And that will affect your ability to acquire links. Yeah. So it kind of indirectly, it does help SEO, I, I think. Yeah, for that, it can help. Obviously, you need a little bit of promo behind, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if, if for link building, definitely like making fancy looking pages, it just works. It's it's like I, I've kind of moved away from it. If you look at the formatting of Atari Hacker at the beginning and now, it's definitely simpler, for example. But it does work. It's like people like flashy stuff, basically. For sure, yeah. Okay, so we sent you away to like play with page builders, etc. How did you test them, and uh, what did you do with them exactly? Like, how did you try to evaluate them? Yeah, so the first thing I did was make a short list of what I believe to be the most popular page builders. And there there are quite a few out there, but I narrowed it down to Visual Composer, Divi, Beaver Builder, Elementor, and Thrive Architect. And for each of them, I I tested the same criteria. So things like ease of use, particularly the user interface, the number of clicks it takes to achieve a specific action, and then you've got like flexibility, type of layouts you can achieve, how customizable are the elements, overall speed, like placing elements, making changes, loading templates. And then you've got more external things, like as we talked about, how future-proof is it? Like, uh, Will development continue? Will they be around in five years? As you know, if a page builder isn't kept updated, WordPress progresses and it will eventually break. The vulnerabilities will be exposed. And, and that's obviously a really important thing to consider. And then, of course, you've got things like support, response time, quality of response. So I took these criteria and I applied it across the board and I graded them going across the board. Yeah, I graded them each. 
Okay, and before you started testing stuff, like what did you think you would find? So, I mean, I had some preconceptions about a few of them, <laughs> like Visual Composer being a bit behind relative to the others, which actually turned out to be true, and Divi being like quite blingy uh, with pre-styled elements because Divi built sites tend to look like Divi built sites, which again also turned out to be true. But I was also like quite surprised by some aspects, uh, like individual features. To give you an example, like Divi has something called Selective Sync, which allows you to save a piece of content globally, but only, say, the styling of that content. So you could have a use case of that might be a pro tip box on your website, mm -hmm. and you've got it across like dozens of pages, and then you decide that you want to update the styling of that tip box. But they all have different content inside of them. In most page builders, there's, there's no way around that. But in Divi, you can update the styling, you can change the color, you can change the border, and it will it will apply to all of them regardless of what's inside of that box. So I thought that was a really, really cool feature and one that I'd like to see you know, in more places. Yeah. I'm going to have to update Atari Hacker soon with like new design styles with uh, mm -hmm. Architect, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be terrible. Yeah. And another surprise was Elementor. I mean, it was a, it's a free builder. I didn't expect too much from it being free, but it was actually like really, really good. So it was interesting to get in there and see where the strengths and, and weaknesses were for each of these builders. Yeah. You also like took each of them and tried to rebuild the same page, right? Like, can you explain what that test was exactly? We'll upload the videos like really soon. That's the next thing on the blog. So yeah, like yeah. they won't people people if you want to see that it won't be here right now but that's the next thing coming up on the blog so yeah. So what we did because it's one thing loading up these builders and playing with them and and just giving your opinion on them but when you put them in a in a real world environment and try to build a fairly complex page it starts to expose some of the things that you might not have picked up. So what we did is we we took a website and in this case we took Trello's homepage And we tried to rebuild it with each of these page builders. And I recorded that whole process. I sped up the video as well, but I slowed it down whenever there was an issue and something that I needed to explain. But I, I think that was a really good test and it, and it really did highlight some of the, the problems and also the things that were really good about each of these builders. Yeah, I think it puts it in real life perspective as well, because a lot of people that review these things, you know, it's like they pick it up, they put it on a blank site and then test mm -hmm. individual features It doesn't really tell you what's going to happen when you actually end up building a real landing page for your site or whatever. So I liked, I liked that yeah. test. I think. Uh, I mean, we'll see what people think when we release that. But it was very interesting. The results were interesting for sure. Like, what is something that did not come up in the individual like features reviews that came up in the in the page building test? I think you know, like when you create a section and you duplicate that section you shortcut a lot of the process in trying to recreate the individual elements. And some of the builders just weren't able to handle that properly. Off the top of my head, it's really hard to get specific about, about what I'm talking about. But when we publish those posts, it's all going to be, um, I have a full report written yeah. all each. How many words did you write on page builders? <laughs> Probably like 30,000 words or something. Yeah, that's, maybe, that's how much content you're releasing on, on like just lot. five builders, actually, which is crazy. Okay, so now that you've like literally played with all of them, mm -hmm. you probably have a good idea of like what would make like something close to the perfect page builder for WordPress, especially for authority sites. Like, mm -hmm. what would be the must-haves for you for a page builder? So, as I said, like we, I based the testing on the criteria that I thought was important, and I think most people would agree that 
being flexible is like a key component. What does that like mean? Being, like flexible is pretty broad. Yeah, yeah. Like being able to create something without too much friction. If you see a design, a layout, you want to be able to recreate that and not have to try and figure out how to do it. And, and I think a lot of that boils down to abstraction. So being able to make changes in as few steps as possible, but also keeping an accurate representation of that page while you're editing it. So it's almost like you're editing a live page on your website. And, you know, as you said, no, there's no reason to preview it because you know exactly this is how it's going to look. But like um, DV tried to do that. I think DV is like one of the closest to that in terms of like edit live editing a web page, right? But yeah. it wasn't your favorite. No, and that's that's the interesting thing. And really like to some extent it's hard to put it into data. It's almost like just a feeling you get when you use it, a, a fluidness that that's either there or it isn't. And I know that's not the answer you want yeah, to hear. It's but not very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people know how fluid a page builder is by reading your well, reviews? I mean, like I said, I've detailed my experience using these and I can only hope that when people read these reviews that they get a sense of, of the experience that I had with them and how, and how that might affect them when they use it. I think it really, it really shows in a lot of the screenshots and the videos that I've yeah, done. I think so too. And once again, it's coming out like basically this week. Now that we were basically waiting for Architect to be live on our site to, to release these things. But any other thing that you think is a must-have for a page builder? I mean, the user interface is a big one. Just like being intuitive, knowing where things are. There's nothing worse than just trying to make a small change and spending 10 minutes just trying to figure out where the thing is. That's that's a big one. And I think that was the issue with DV, actually. So like you are live editing the page and there's like no interface. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then there's like a gazillion pop-up to go through to like edit the thing you want and you don't really know <laughs> what it is or something. But yeah. I respect Divi's approach there. They, they're trying to really like take away all the clutter, but it, it kind of backfires a bit in my opinion. Anything else in the, in the core must-haves or that's it? I think that's it off the top of my head. Okay, so let's go through all of them and let's, let's keep going with Divi because we started talking about it. So like, as we said, we like that they tried to like, have a very minimal interface, like have this feeling of editing the page live, but that means that they have to put the options somewhere. And they didn't want to use a sidebar like Elementor does, like Thrive Architect not does. Thrive Architect is definitely inspired by Elementor in terms of user interface, like no question. It's not a bad thing though, it worked for Elementor. But anyway, back to DV, it meant that <laughs> they had to put the interface somewhere. And so like, as soon as you click on something, there's like, a, like six buttons popping up and then you click on them and there's like a dozen pop-ups you can go through or something. So how did, how did DV feel to you overall? Like when you had to rebuild that trail page, basically? Yeah, it was cumbersome. And actually, Divi was the only one where I, I, <laughs> I threw my arms up in the air and just gave up halfway through because it just really, um, it, it started to grind on me and it was not a pleasant experience. What, what, what was the reason for that? What didn't work? So, I mean, like you say, there's, there's every time you click, there's pop-ups you have to wade through. But, but not only that, I mean, it was also really buggy and unresponsive. Like just something as simple as adjusting the columns, they give you the ability to drag the columns to resize them. This is not a new thing. We've seen this in other builders, but it just didn't respond properly. And yeah. You know what? Just, that's a just, bug I get with Architect as well, actually. Um, okay. Like, I'm, it's like, like, let's say I take a 50-50 column. And then mm -hmm. I try to like slightly like do like a 58, whatever, like just like drag it slightly on the right, slightly on the left. 
they yeah. like completely snaps it all the way to the right and then it's like almost impossible to resize sometimes it's faster to just redo the column from scratch so mm -hmm. like it is definitely a bug for Divi, but right now it's also a bug for me on architect so yeah there there are a number of bugs in architect but i mean i just hope they they get onto them quickly that's they that's what we're releasing daily updates right now so like mm -hmm. it, we have it live in beta and like every day i've had updates for the plugin with fixes and you know what we'll get to them after but it, it looks okay anything else that anything else that was you want to say about divi i mean it's just not very very intuitive overall overall um there's a definite learning curve with it by the end of that review, even though I liked it initially, I just liked it a lot less than I thought yeah. I would. It, it was one that I was really excited about when they launched it. Like, actually, like I know the guys from Thrive, so I'm like, I'm a, I sent it to them. I'm like, oh my god, like this looks so much better than Thrive Content Builder. <laughs> Literally <laughs> went to them and told them that, and they yeah, were like, does. they were like, ah, oh, it's like I've, we've seen the tech, we don't believe in it, and uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's they're, they're competitors, so you got to look at it from their point of view, but. I think on that one they were right. Actually, like um, I like the idea of like no cluttered interface, but actually, to I think the sidebar that the winners, let's say, have like Elementor and Architect, yeah, use is probably the best way to to handle the interface. But let's jump on the next one. Your favorite Visual Composer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's make friends today. Ah, huh? sorry. Let's make friends. <laughs> on the good side it's relatively cheap i think it's like 40 dollars 45 dollars right yeah but bear in mind that's only for a single site license and not for commercial use yeah plus so, elementor has a free version too i guess yeah exactly yeah i mean on the on the bad side and there's a lot on the bad side the interface is minimal but it's also confusing there's a lot of redundant elements so they tend to break up elements rather than have them as one just to mm. fill out their library and there's key things missing as well. And they compensate that by having a paid library. And it's got like over 200 add-ons. And just to give you an That's example, they, they put in um, an undo button. So you have to pay extra to <laughs> add an undo button to Visual otherwise, Composer. Otherwise you start your, your page from scratch or whatever. Like. Pretty much, yeah. So it's, it's just that kind of, you know, they hook you in and then they make you buy all these add-ons. It looks like a, a scheme, you know? It's like they give you, like, something very cheap initially, then they just, like, upsell, 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 you know? Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. It, okay, it anything good about it, though? Like, let's be fair. Like, anything that was good about this tool that you liked or maybe other tools didn't have? I mean, the interface is clean. It has a kind of similar feel to Divi almost in a way that it doesn't have a sidebar. It's, it pops up when you click stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I like that approach, but in when you're actually building a page, it does get a bit a bit annoying. It's honestly it's hard for me to come up with something that I, I really like. It was like slow as well, right? I think speed is important. But, yeah, very slow. So Divi was very fast slow. though. Divi is a fast tool. Divi was fast. Divi was fast. Visual Composer, whenever you click something, it, there was a slight loading period. I'm trying to think of something good to say about it, but honestly, it was my least favorite of all the, of all the okay. builders. I think, I think the fact that like, they had an argument in the, term, in the sense that they were like the cheapest builder initially, so if you're really on a tight yeah. budget and you want to build it, it was good. But like, Elementor came in and it's like, hey, here's our, most of our plugin for free. And that kind of like destroys the argument for Visual Composer, I would say. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, uh, there was. I think there was a, a niche in the market for them before mm -hmm. that, especially because they also built into a lot of themes inside Team Forest. So the way they do, the way their business works, right, is like 
I think they offer like a developer license for very cheap to theme builders on theme forests so that yep. they can put it in their themes and then they sell it as a feature of the theme. And then yeah. they probably make money from all the extensions and people not like, they're like, oh, there's already a builder in my theme. I don't need to buy one. And then mm -hmm. it's kind of like Microsoft with PC build, like uh, PC <laughs> manufacturers, you know, I think yeah. that's their business model. So that's probably why they make their money more than like individual plugin sales. But like, even if, if Visual Composer was built into my theme, I would probably just, if I was on a budget, I would just pick up the free version of Elementor. Um, yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's and jump Sorry, you wanted to say something more? I was just saying, it, it's worth noting that Visual Composer used to be a back-end editor, and they like completely overhauled it to, to be yeah. a front-end editor. That, but it's, it's still not scratch on Elementor. And there's something to say about like being an old company in that market feels like a disadvantage at that point. Because, mm -hmm. and I feel that for Thrive as well, because you have to make everything backwards compatible. So you have yeah. to, whereas, you know, Elemental came in last year and they had no users, no nothing. So they could just build from scratch and build it the best way they can. Whereas for Architect, they had to build not only the, like a good builder, but they also had to make it work with technology that's essentially like five years old, yes. you know? and make it backwards compatible and make the transition smooth. And from talking to them, that was like half of the development time, you know, that's why it took forever. Mm -hmm. They had the initial builder without the compatibility very early, but then they had a large user base that would be not happy if they did that and they were like, well, sorry, but we don't support the plugin you've been using and paying us for for a while. So it almost yeah. feels like a disadvantage to be an old company in that market, older company, not old. And it probably weighs on Visual Composer even more because they're like one of the first anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it's like to their defense, it might be a challenge technically to make this work. Let's talk about another one that I know a lot of people like actually. Like It's kind of like it's Beaver Builder, but if, like, you know, when people like Beaver Builder, they're really into it. I just didn't like it very much personally, but it seems quite powerful. So what did you think playing with it? You use it more than me, so. Yeah, so initially, like the, when you go in there, the interface is really clean. I think it's very beginner friendly. The biggest problem was, for me, the lack of elements. Like there's, mm. there's no portfolio module, there's no price list module, there's no forms, there's no flip boxes. And even the elements you do have, there's a, there's, there's a lack of customization on those. So for me, it's a very rigid builder. A very, Like I said, very beginner friendly, but very rigid at the same time. And I think they go hand in hand. And to top it off, it was just painfully slow with like every click. Mm. It was probably the slowest builder of them all. Every time you click something, there's like a three second wait. And it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it, I mean, t that adds up when you're building long pages. Yeah, like uh, when I build the sales pages for like, the age pro launches or something like that. Like I'll make, I look at the log, right? And there's like thousands of edits on that page by adding and editing elements. So imagine if you had three seconds for each one, like we're yeah. talking like an hour plus of loading time per landing page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anything good I mean, about any, I mean, beginner friendly and clean interface, anything else that's good about it? I mean, the support, the, they had good support options available. You can also use use it on unlimited sites, even on the cheapest plan, which is nice. And they have like global, you can save content sections and use them globally. So it's not really stuff to do with the, with the builder itself, but more like external things, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Anything else in general about 
Beaver Builder? Uh, it's not my favorite person. It's a respectable builder, but like when I'm looking at the alternatives and the next one that's coming, which is Elemental, doesn't really make me want to use it, to be honest. Yeah, but honestly, like I'm quite surprised by its popularity. It's probably my second least favorite after. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's also because it's older, right? So people like grew up with it, quote unquote, and they just people don't like change, you know? Yeah. I know, like, I'm sounding quite harsh here. Like, I can't seem to come up with anything good about it. But the competition is just so strong now. Yeah. It's like, if you take Architect and Elementor out, which one would you go for between Visual Composer, Beaver Builder, and DV? Uh, Like, because these two Elementor and Serve Architect, both of them are, like, less than a year old, you know? Yeah. Probably, probably Beaver Builder. But DV won me over initially, but it, it just... Honestly, I don't even, don't even know. <laughs> well, at least people can say we're sold out here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair this enough. I just want to point out that this is just my personal opinion. Yeah, like, yeah. I, have, I have nothing to gain by trashing companies or recommending others. Like, yeah. you know, it's we, all the we same. We pay you me. the same, right? And we, we don't exactly. really give you, like, indications on, like, who to support or not. Exactly, um, yeah. It's all my own opinions, and people are free to disagree with them. Yeah, that's fine. And if you disagree, like, Comment on the reviews when they're out, and if you make like a clear point with arguments, like we're more than happy to like discuss. If a lot of people on reviews have also like just been hating plain because we didn't like a service or something, I tend to not approve these comments anymore. But let's jump onto the next builder, which is one that's been very exciting this year, and that's Elementor. We've mentioned it multiple times. The interesting thing with Elementor is they have a free version that you can just install and. Actually, you know, most software, when they give you a free version, it's like you get like 20% of it and uh, you get upgrades buttons everywhere. Elementor doesn't do it that way. You actually get a full, very usable builder for free. And then the pro version, the paid one, gives you a couple extra elements, a couple extra options and some templates. But it's probably worth it. It's not cheap to upgrade, probably because of the free version. You pay for the free users, essentially. But... What is really good is how clean it is, how well designed it is, and how easy it is to use. So, like, when did you discover Elementor? Did you discover it when I asked you to do the review, or did you know about it before? It was probably just before you asked me to review it. A lot of people were talking about it, especially in the Authority Hacker Pro Facebook group. There was quite a few discussions about it there. It took a few times to see it mentioned before I actually went in and and looked at it. But, I mean, it was the first builder that I reviewed of the series, and it took some time for me to adjust at first, probably because I was coming from a Thrive Content Builder. Mm. If you don't know, it's the uh, the old version of Architect. And like I very very quickly fell in love with Elementor. Like I said, it's really well built. It's fast. It's highly customizable. There's a good selection of elements, and the the templates are really well designed as well. And obviously, the core product is 100% free. So, I mean, you've got no excuse. It looks really um, good. Like that's one mm-hmm. thing that I don't think Thrive definitely is competing. It's like I think Elementor stuff looks better. It does. Uh, and there's no yeah. and I think also it probably plays a little bit better with mobile too. So that definitely like I'm gonna give that edge to Elementor. Okay, I'm gonna talk about uh, anything bad about Elementor. I mean, there were some issues, like some some weird stuff. There was some forced styling, so some of my headings were uh, like blue, and oh, I yeah. like blue. So, um, and it's it's like I'm I'm not sure why Elemental forces styling on you. You can turn it off in the settings, 
But it was just a weird decision that I felt was unnecessary. There's also like no inline text editing. And you don't really think this is a big deal until you actually compare it side by side. Editing text in the sidebar is not, is not a fun experience, especially yeah. when you've got a lot of text to edit. You can drag the sidebar out in Elementor, but it, it's, it just doesn't feel the same as editing the text you know, live on the page. I mean, to the point where, like, you know, before Architect came out, I was using Elementor Plus Drive Content Builder on a bunch of our sites. Because of the cleanness of the design of Elementor, I was using it to design things like, you know, home pages and category pages, like the big hub pages. But as soon as you get into a blog post with, like, 3,000 words, it's just a huge pain to build that on Elementor because of the text editor. And I'm sure they know about it. I'm sure one day they will release like a proper inline text editor. Mm-hmm. But in the current state of things, it's like, I don't want to be editing content on it. <laughs> it's just quite annoying. Another thing that coming from Thrive Content Builder has frustrated me is the inability of combining elements. So for example, you know, you have these, like the content boxes, right? And if you want to put a button in it, you can't actually. Like it, you cannot combine elements inside each other. You can only put them on top of each other, etc. Which is kind of annoying, and it mm-hmm. gives you a little bit less flexibility than you would have with the old Stripe Content Builder. Even though it looks a million times better than the old TCP. So, like you know, when I build like sales pages and that kind of stuff, I need that kind of flexibility. There's there's, yeah. there's things I want to build that I just couldn't physically do with Elementor and they don't give you access to the HTML, so I can't even like go and like fine tune it in the code. Like I don't have access to that. Whereas Stripe gave me access to that, so it allowed me to like kind of hack it around if I if there was some limitation to the software. But like Elementor doesn't even let you do that. So if the visual editor can do it, you can't do it. You know? Yeah, I will say there is a workaround, and it's not it's not the best. But uh-huh. you can save an element and then copy the short code and put it into something else. But it re- it's really not the best solution, but it, it, it's the only way that I can find to do it at the moment. Yeah. And that's how I'm combining, like even just dragging elements in a, in a tab element, like it, you can only put text in tabs exactly. without having to do this hack. It's, just, it's quite how annoying. How do I put a button in a tab, for example? You can't, right? You have to save the button as a template. Yeah. Go into the back end of your WordPress Go into Elementor library and then copy the short code. Go back into your. That's um, crazy. Your, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like, um, that, and that's this great. is how people are doing it at the moment. But it's still a very good tool. Like compared to Visual Composer, Beaver Builder, and Divi, I just want to emphasize: we believe that's a much better content builder, and it's free. Yeah. So, like, just to reemphasize that, it it is a good tool that mm-hmm. we like it, but we it definitely has shortcomings as well. Yeah. There is one more thing I want to point out here, and it's the priority in development that yeah. Elementor has. Like, there is no undo button in Elementor at the moment, and they've just recently released animated headlines. And yeah. it just baffles me that they would put animated headlines higher priority than an undo button. And I think that's, that's a good point you're bringing up. So first of all, the development for Elementor is really good. They're, every few weeks, there is a new feature coming out. So they do a good job at that. Compared to the other builders we talked about so far, the pace of development is much faster. But the problem is their target market is not like people that make money directly from their content on their website. Their target market is designers and people building like agencies and like you know brick and mortar businesses, etc. And so 
they don't really release features that make your life easier as like an affiliate marketer or info product seller or anything like that. But they do release stuff that makes sites look flashy and fancy, basically. And, and you do feel that in the... Like, for example, if you want to build an email list with Elementor, right? It doesn't plug into any existing plugin or anything like that. You can put widgets on, but it looks kind of wanky, to be honest. I've, I've tried a few times, and it wasn't very good. And if... The only list building option you have is not even plug in. I think they plug into MailChimp, which I don't know many like serious email marketers using MailChimp. So it's clearly like a newbie thing. Or they plug into Zapier, but then you have to like create zaps, etc. Like the, the lack of integrations is crazy. And once again, putting animated headlines above email service integration is just insane to me. Yeah. But, but they do that. They decide to do that. And it doesn't seem like it's going to change in the near future. They, they haven't like, say that you know people doing online marketing were very important to them so for us as authority site builders sometimes it feels like oh my god i love what you guys do but you just don't do what i need you know yeah <laughs> so that's definitely a limitation with elemental once again though still a very good builder anything else you want to say about elemental no i think that's it cool now let's talk about thrive architect and probably the transition from thrive content builder to thrive architect like i know a lot of people already use thrive content builder so actually you probably already have the update on your site how did it feel when you picked it up especially after having reviewed all the other content builders how did it go against your expectations because they've been hyping up like the new version for a long time yeah, I mean, I was waiting for this, like a lot of people, for almost a year since they announced it. And I was like so excited to get in there and try it. My first impressions were, obviously, it's a huge, huge upgrade over the original. There's The customization options have been just taken to another level. Um, a lot of the, in fact, I think all of the pre-styled elements have been removed, uh, at least temporarily. I mean, like and, the post-grid, et cetera, they still look the same. I wish they would upgrade yep. that. I've, I'm lobbying for that it's hopefully Mm -hmm. it's coming (laughs) yeah i think they're putting some elements back in that are not currently in there but overall i mean just the customization the the properties panel where you change the styling is is, there's just so much more in there now you can just control virtually every element i mean a good example is the the styled lists Uh, if if you remember before so yeah (laughs) you get between i don't know six icons and eight colors and, but you know there were just, images as well, and it's like so. I images. walk on a on a really high resolution screen, and literally they would look like eight bit pixel, like eight bits icons. It was so bad. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't change the size of them; they were just fixed. I mean, the, the limitations were crazy. Now, of course, you can choose from hundreds of icons, and you can change the size of them, the color of them. Um, just, yeah, just a massive upgrade overall. I mean, it is still early days. There's a lot of bugs to iron out. Nothing major, but just small things that you that you know are small not small irritating to. things, like the thing I mentioned about the columns earlier. You know, yeah, like, like it just snaps randomly and not sure why. I'm sure they will fix it. Like one thing yeah. that I'm gonna say it now because we are talking about architect, but like I've talked to the the CTO of Thrive, and they were like, I was like, yeah, you like finally it's here. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> thank God. And then they're like, yeah, I, like we probably shouldn't have done some of the plugins we released. But now we're actually leaving a team of like, I think it's like seven or eight people working full time on fixing bugs and adding new features to Thrive Content Builder, I mean Thrive Architect now. So it's yeah. hopefully like the development base is going to feel like Elemental. I can't guarantee it because I'm not working for them. But from talking to them, I think they've understood the mistake of like dropping the ball on 
the builder to try to build other things. So hopefully they will iron the bugs out and add more things. Yeah, I've got my fingers crossed for that. So how do you feel about the builder in general, apart from like it's a huge upgrade? Like anything that you wished it had, but it, it didn't have? I mean, there's some slight interface decisions that I hope they address. Um, one example is dragging elements. You have to drag it by the handle, which is like a small square at the top of the yeah. of the element. In Elementor, you can drag it from any location, and, and I really like that. With Private Architect, you sometimes have to select the element just to get that handle to but show But you know up. why they do that? Yeah. Because you have inline text editing. So the text editor yeah. is different from Elementor. Like in Elementor, you edit on the sidebar. On Stripe, mm -hmm. Arctic, you actually like edit on the live page. You click on any text and you start typing. So yeah. how do they know that your click is, I want to edit text or I want to move the element? I mean, there's certain areas of an element that yeah, are yeah. Like I, I get not quite on the text. I mean, I don't know if that's technically possible, but if you're not dragging from the text, it should still be draggable in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think it can be ironed out. But I think that initially the reason they did that split is because of the inline text editor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that definitely crossed my mind. There is another example, like in Elementor, they, they section out their properties in three tabs. So you have like content, style, and advanced. And you kind of know that if you want to add margin, you go to the advanced tab and it's there. With Thrive Architect, it's all in one column and you have <laughs> to true. expand each section and it can get really cluttered really quickly. I agree. Um, so that's agree. something they should definitely look at. Yeah, like the three tabs is a good idea for sure. Anything else you want to say about Architect on its own? I mean... I just think at this stage, it still rivals what Elementor can do. And, and of course, it integrates seamlessly with Thrive products. Uh, it's very yeah. marketing-oriented. And just having, having those plugins to be able to communicate at that level is something that other page builders, including Elementor, just are, are not able to do at the moment. They just I, don't have that ecosystem. Yeah, I think that's the thing with Thrive. It's like, you know, if you compare the cleanness of the products, I would actually say Elementor is a cleaner product. If you ask me. However, their focus is more on people like us, you know, on, in, at Thrive. Yeah. And they release features that are very useful. So like the sign-up segues, for example, in Thrive Leads, where literally got us like plus 30% sign-ups for webinars. And these are like running Atari Hacker, essentially. That's how Atari Hacker finances itself. Or like the fact that you can build content upgrades and deliver content upgrades directly from Thrive Leads without having to mess up with your autoresponder and create a sequence every time. The fact that they have so many marketing tools integrations via API, which is very easy, etc. You get all of that when you use Thrive. You don't get any of that when you use Elementor. So I personally have a feeling that depending on what you want, you probably go for either Architect or Elementor. And that's something I said on the Atari Hacker program. If I was rebuilding our agency's website from before we did Atari Hacker, just like selling our services and having a contact form there, I would probably use Elementor. I like the design better. Like I could make it flashy and like impress people with you know animated headlines and all that stuff. But given what we do today, which is like you know building email lists, market to audiences, also the need of creating content quick and editing quick, which the, the text editor on Strive Architect is miles ahead of the Elementor one. And, and editing long content, etc. definitely Architect feels like the better suited tool, even though it's a little bit buggier at release than Elementor. Hopefully, like, Thrive works on that, but they seem to be, as I said, they've been pushing updates every day. But I wanted to ask you, which one are, gonna, are you going to use for your website? 
I'm going to use both. I literally can't decide. It's like asking a mother to choose her favorite child. <laughs> okay, so, so in which cases are you going to use Elementor? In which cases are you going to use Architect? I think the biggest thing for me is if I need to get some kind of conversion or, or email sign up, I'm going to use Architect. And also, if, like you said, if I need a lot of content on a page, I really can't handle that, that sidebar editing. It's, it's, it's crazy. So there's definitely a decision that I make now. Every time I create a new page or post, that question pops up and I'm like, which builder am I going to use? So yeah, in that sense, I would say architect for long form content and conversions and Elementor if I want to make it look good. Yeah, that's basically where we're at right now. I, I would tend to agree. I'm probably just going to stick to architect for everything now, just for consistency of design, etc. I also think that given the amount of customization that they give you in Architect that were just non-existent in Thrive Content Builder, you can build your own templates now that look pretty good on it. I've done some like, I've, I've shown you the trial page I've done for Atari Hacker Elements, right? Like, I think it's all right. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the design. I don't get the fancy post-grid card design from Elemental, which I love and I'm going to miss dearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like I like that too. But other than that, I think I can build most things now from uh, from Architect, actually. Once they've ironed out the bugs, I'll be happy. So it's almost like like if a friend of yours tells you, I have $100 to spend on Content Builder or a Content Builder setup, what would you tell them? I mean, with $100, you could buy Thrive Architect, and then use the free version of Elementor. And I think that would be a great combination. So you don't even, really, you don't even have to make that decision. But that's the thing. That would be my reply to. Yeah. The thing is, like, Elementor gives so much away for free that if you have Architect on top, you don't really need the pro version. Yeah. And you'd be missing the features from Thrive Architect if you bought the pro version of Elementor and you wouldn't have enough money to buy both, you know? Pro Elementor and Architect. So... I mean, my feeling right now is that it's a good idea. And, and the way Elementor is built, right? We were talking about PageSpeed at the beginning of the podcast. The way Elementor is built is it doesn't load anything on the page unless you put an Elementor item on the page. So it's very smart. It's not going to slow down your site to have two builders on one site, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. That's, that's an important point, yeah. So, like, you know, it's not like you're bloating your website or whatever. Elementor loses nothing unless you actually use it on that page. And if you use it on a page, you're probably not going to use Architect anyway. So it's actually not, it's not inefficient. Maybe, I don't know exactly, I'm not a developer either, but like, it doesn't feel ex- like it's going to change anything to have two builders and just pick between both. But I think I'm going to do the same, actually. Like on, on our B2C sites, I have Elementor already because you know, I was waiting for Architect a little bit too long. And, but like, I, I wouldn't miss out on the architect features. I know the guys from Thrive are going to come with like good conversion-based stuff as well. And also one thing as well, it's like when you do review sites or like, you know, affiliate reviews, etc. tables. You cannot do tables on Elementor at all. And mm-hmm. the table editor on Architect is by far the best in the business. So if you're doing like comparison tables for affiliate marketing, etc., Architect is, your, is where you want to be, you know? Yeah, that's a good point and something I forgot to mention. I've been using TablePress and it's it's okay, but it's not great. <laughs> but what what Thrive has done with their tables is is definitely miles better than. It's than probably like their that. best designed element, I would say. Yeah. In yeah, terms of sure. like user interface, like I'd say that's the, their best work, and that's really useful as an affiliate. Like comparison tables are like conversion boosters, and it's really powerful. They can also help you get position zero. So I really like it. So yeah, like. 
I like that we agree because we don't have to like debate for another hour. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would recommend to people like having a free version of Elementor, on, of Elementor on your site. It's not a bad idea. If there's something that maybe architect is, doesn't make, you know, the content thick enough for. But I would not run a site with a architect, especially if they are run the bugs. I, I cross my fingers. I, I believe they will do it. I talking to them. I, I think they understood the mistakes they made. And I also understood maybe some of the support issues and they're reworking that. So fingers crossed it goes well. I, we have your full review coming out like tomorrow anyway. Yeah, I quite like it. So anything that you want to finish that podcast on? Because we've been talking for a while already. Yeah, I would, I would just say that, you know, Architect is really focused around marketing and ROI. And I, I think especially the authority hacker crowd, that's their main concern. So ultimately, if you're going to use one, it's, pr it's probably going to have to be Architect. Yeah, and getting the free version of Elementor, it doesn't cost you anything. So if, they, if you want like to be able to juggle and have the most opportunities, that's probably the best combo, mm -hmm. I would say. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Tomorrow, Lewis's review of Architect is coming on the blog. Architect is also going to be available for purchase tomorrow, I think, if you're listening the day we're releasing. It's going to be available on August 29. And I'm going to be dripping the rest of the reviews for all the other stuff, plus the roundup with a bunch of the questions we've asked really soon now. So thanks for listening. Lewis, thanks for joining the podcast. How did that go? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, if you want more, if you want more Lewis, just uh, drop a comment on the show notes of that podcast. So we'll see you guys next week. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.